Welcome back to Gear Up with Gear Up. I am Amr Hatoum, the owner of Gear Up, as well as the host of the podcast. Uh, unfortunately, no guests yet, but guests are coming eventually. Today, I'm not going to sell you too much, just give you a little bit of history. Back to School is on the 24th, which is Monday, so make sure you stop in the store to get yourself some backpacks, patches, clothing, shorts, uh, as well as some self-defense items. We have a lot of great options for all the kiddos going back to school. So, August 19th, on 2010, the U.S. officially pulled the last combat brigade units out of Iraq, officially ending Operation Iraqi Freedom. Um, It would be renamed Operation New Dawn on September 1st, um, but the pulling of our combat units officially ended the war. And I've got a blog post that goes into great details of Operation Iraqi Freedom, the causes and whatnot, and some pretty cool pictures of our very own Yadira Perez. She is a regular customer and a veteran. Thank you for your service, Yadira, um, and your loyalty with our store. And I've got some pretty cool pictures of her out there while she served during Operation Iraqi Freedom. I would also like to thank each and every one of our service members, active and retired, for your service. Um, God bless you all, and thank you for the freedom that we take for granted. So, back to Operation Iraqi Freedom. Um, It really started in the 90s when Saddam Hussein had invaded Kuwait and started showcasing that he had weapons of mass destruction. Um, Iraq refused to really give visibility to the UN and the USA into um, their headquarters, which caused President Clinton to bomb some important areas in Iraq that caused a major rift in relationships. So following 2001 after 9-11 and the attacks on our soil, Um, President Bush would sign a congressional resolution authorizing the war with Iraq to disarm Saddam Hussein in Iraq. And the reason he did that was because of the weapons of mass destruction that he uh, showboated about and because of their support for terrorist groups like al-Qaeda who were responsible for the attacks on our soil. In addition, we felt vulnerable and that they would be a security threat. So... Um, Despite the UN wanting to give Iraq more time, the United States and England, with British Prime Minister Tony Blair, completely supported um, a move on Iraq. And President Bush offered Saddam Hussein 48 hours to leave Iraq or face military actions on March 17, 2003. He obviously didn't leave. And the morning of March 19th, Iraq time, um, bombs were dropped as well as coalition forces began to move in from the south and Kuwait. Um, so this, this move was, was major um, for our safety as well as for the first real war that we had had since, since the Gulf War, if you will. And we were moving into Baghdad to take over their capital city where most of the, his Loyalists were heavily armed, but the disorganization of the Iraqi people didn't provide as big of a threat as we had thought. So despite the heavy armor, despite being heavily armed, our military was able to handle them 
quite easily in, in the grand scheme of things, which just is a testament of how great our military is. Um, the Army and the Marine Forces would advance and take over the Capitol officially on April 9th, 2003, and this followed them taking over Baghdad's International Airport uh, on the 4th. So a few days later, they would also rescue and free some of our prisoner of wars, or the acronym that is most commonly known as POW slash MIA, which we have a lot of stuff showing support for those brave men and women who have to go through that. And after taking over Baghdad, a couple more months would pass, and by the time December rolled around, they would find Saddam Hussein captured in a foxhole. And this came after both of his sons were killed in battle, and he, this, this dictator who was accused of gassing his own people and invading Kuwait and doing some terrible things to the Kurds and becoming a major, major threat to the world, was finally captured. He would face court, um, and there they would find him guilty before he would be hung on December 30th, 2006. From that time till he got uh, killed, over 3,000 U.S. troops were killed, and Fallujah was liberated in addition to Baghdad. And one of the most evil dictators in the world was finally over. So a, a, our thoughts and prayers definitely go out to the families of loved ones who were lost during Operation Iraqi Freedom, a, uh, a, a war that lasted for a longer time than I think many of us anticipated. Uh, so long, in fact, that in 2007 and 2008, the U.S. had to have some troop surges to combat this radical and independent fighting that was going on. Uh, we had over 150,000 troops there that would not officially end until July 16, 2008, which was after President Obama would win the election. Um, and that's when he began to pull troops back um, from different cities and towns beginning on June 30, 2009. So finally, August 19, 2010, our last combat brigade troops would finally leave Iraq, essentially ending Operation Iraqi Freedom. This still left 52,000 troops in the country, but Operation Iraqi Freedom was a success, and it would eventually get changed to Operation New Dawn, as mentioned before, on September 1st. So thank you to all the brave men and women who serve in our military and served during that war. Uh, God bless you all, and thank you for your success. Now, uh, this brings me to a unique uh, thing that I think you'll appreciate, talking about our three-color desert camo, which was the last time and probably the last time we will ever use that camo pattern uh, in war. And the three-color desert camo is often nicknamed the coffee-stained camo because the brown on the camo looks like that of a coffee stain if you were to spill it on a khaki piece of clothing. So in 1990, Saddam Hussein invaded and occupied Kuwait. And it became more realistic that we were going to deploy our troops uh, into desert environments from the Middle East. And at that time, we had the six-color desert, which was our initial pattern and probably one of the more controversial camo patterns if we're talking about 
opinions of how it looked as well as efficiency. So the six color desert camo was actually formed from testing in the Southwest US and was looked to come about because of rocks, but the Southwest US compared to the Middle East desert and environment uh, is a little bit different. So this resulted in a, a lot of feedback and pushback and people up top realizing we need to switch things up. So actually in the early 80s, Saudi Arabia requested help to find them a new color of uniforms. So the U.S. was able to go to Saudi Arabia and research different camos that were effective, and they found out that the sixth color was just too dark. So they they ended up testing it in Saudi Arabia, but unfortunately the Persian Gulf War in the 90s with Hussein and Kuwait happened where we still had to utilize the sixth color of the chocolate chip uh, desert camouflage out there. And the three-color desert camo was not ready for uh, use because it hadn't been tested enough and would have been a more of a liability. So after some more testing, and, and we utilized a lot of testing in 10 different sites in the southwest U.S. that resembled terrain and environment of that in the Middle East, uh, the U.S. was able to narrow down the design to really three main designs of camos that they thought were the most effective from testing both in daytime and nighttime. The shapes obviously changed, so it became a little bit more simpler, and the brown resembled more of the terrain that was out there in the desert there. So some were seen in the early 90s, uh, but by groups that were not actually in combat. They were more so by generals who were back and by support forces there where they were able to kind of test it out there before using it in combat. So the DCUs or the desert camos or the three-color or tri-color desert camo, which we know it as today, was officially approved in 1990, which was after, in October of 90, after the Persian Gulf War had ended. The first major action it saw was in Somalia, uh, during 1996 when they had uh, uh, their mess going on there and we had to go there for some humanitarian efforts. So the six color officially would phase out that year and tricolor became the main source of camo for our troops in desert environments, specifically in the Middle East. So fast forward to 2003, 2004 with Operation Enduring Freedom in Afghanistan and our battle against Al-Qaeda and the Taliban and Operation Iraqi Freedom, which I just spoke about. And the U.S. forces throughout every branch used the tricolor desert camo. And in 2004, the end of the tricolor camo was, was nearing as far as continuing to issue it. So it was still used, but... There's actually some greenery in the Middle East that we didn't account for. So a lot of pictures you'll see desert camo being worn combined with vests that are woodland camo to complement the tree colors and stuff. So the desert camo was used primarily there, but as we were over there, more camo was adapted, which you're kind of used to. For instance, the ACU camo, which the Army wore before the multicam, became their main camo out there because it blended in with the environment better than the tricolor desert camo, which was effective and a lot more effective than chocolate chip. 
And the Marines even switched to the Marpat and the MCUUs, which is actually their Desert Digital camo. That's a Marine camo, not a camo throughout. And then eventually the Air Force and Navy would also change in 2011 and 2012. Now, the tricolor desert camo might be retired by our forces throughout, but it is still used by special forces uh, in our country and some other environments occasionally. Uh, it was considered very basic, but it was definitely effective for what we needed to be done with it. Um, it is now the more popular desert camo for militaries across the world, as well as collectors. And it's actually used by several countries throughout the world, uh, including Saudi Arabia, uh, El Salvador, Thailand, Dominican Republic, and a few other countries out in Africa and the Middle East. So this camo concept, bigger upgrade from the six-color chocolate chip uh, uh, camo, and it became effective, and we utilized it to the T to help us become victorious in the Middle East during our time out there. So that's a little bit of history. We have Iraqi Freedom merchandise in the store, as well as Desert Camo t-shirts. We have a few pants and shorts um, available for you all if, if that is an interest to either wear or to collect. And back to school, 24th, gear up, add gear up for all your back to school needs. Hurricane seasons, it's here. It's here. Don't wait till the last minute. We got jerry cans. We got sandbags. We got solar panel stuff. Um, we've got you covered in the survival and tactical market as well as the surplus market. So thank you all for listening to, I guess it's, it's now episode three of Gear Up with Gear Up. Guests are coming eventually. Um, I got to get organized and get some people on the show, but I'm excited for that to happen here soon. Follow us on social media at GearUpFL. Our website is www.GearUpFL.com. We ship throughout the, uh, the country. And we appreciate the support. We're a local business, small business, and your support and business means more than ever to us these days. So thank you all. I hope everybody stays safe out there. And thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, comment. Let me know your thoughts.